Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body. Through powerful tools such as mindfulness, stress reduction techniques, and mindful movement, you'll learn to eat, move, feel, and live in the moment. Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita, and let's begin. And welcome to episode 54 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I have spoken to many people over the last year who've experienced the Love Food Podcast and let me know that they are finally living without diets or at least making strides toward that. And I hope you know how full this, that makes my heart. It just makes me so happy. And a lot of times people tell me one of the big stumbling blocks for them is when they engage in conversations with their family and close friends. And these very important people in their life are still engaged in dieting and the pursuit of weight loss and 
detoxes and grueling exercise routines and doing these things that really you've disconnected from because you know you've you've kind of connected to the fact that they are only harmful and they are only things that are going to drive you away from what is your own innate wisdom for health and for happiness. And I think that kind of dilemma is really um, common and it's also really important to discuss. I got the chance to speak with a marriage and family therapist. Her name is Barbara Sanders. And she helped me out with a letter from someone who's experiencing just this. So I know you're gonna be able to connect to the letter, but I wanna just also remind you that um, it is National Dieting Month. If you're listening to this podcast close to its release date, it is January. And um, I have a feeling that diet talk is all around you, whether you're watching TV or just at the water cooler at work. And um, I hope this uh, podcast episode is a nice respite for a different kind of conversation, gives you some insight to help you navigate these conversations. And I also want to give you some resources outside of this podcast. And throughout the month of January and even probably beyond, I will be you know, just having some more conversations that are um, more about reconnecting to your innate wisdom and things outside of diets using the hashtag food peace. So join me there. I would love to hear about other things that you are able to talk about with friends and family that keep you from diet talk and just further enhance your relationship with food. So I'm always on Twitter and Instagram with that and also on Facebook. So I would love to see you there using the hashtag food peace. And you can also email me at lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. So I'm excited to hear today's letter. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Dear Food, I have given up restricting you and over the past year have really settled into intuitive eating. It has been eye-opening, life-changing, often really hard, but overall so worth it. I know I have so much more progress to make in terms of my relationship with you and even more to make in how I view and treat my body. Thankfully, I feel like I'm on the right path to make these changes and that I have support and information to keep me moving forward. However, something that's been a real struggle recently is how to interact with and be there for people in my life who are still at war with you. How do I talk about food with my mom who is part of a popular diet program? How do I give my sister the advice she asked for when she starts another detox diet? How do I interact compassionately with the many friends and acquaintances who are limiting their intake of certain types of food while also honoring where I'm at in my own path? I don't wanna come across as preachy, or unsupportive, and found it it isn't always effective anyway to bring up the harms of dieting to someone starting their next diet. At the same time, though, I don't want to pretend that I'm all on board with their decision to diet or restrict and want to respond with honesty. So how do I approach these conversations with people who are still fighting you? Best, what to say. Before we explore this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body in Ludlow, Vermont. 
For over 40 years, Green Mountain has developed sustainable, non-diet strategies for women who struggle with weight, emotional and binge eating, and feelings of food addiction. Last year, Green Mountain opened its Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating, the only clinical program in the nation dedicated solely to women suffering with binge eating disorder and emotional eating. Ready to set yourself free from dieting and restrictions, untruths and fads? Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information about Green Mountain at Fox Run and the Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating. A life free of weight, eating and body struggles is closer than you think. Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Hi there, what to say? I appreciate your letter and I want to tell you that I feel you. I totally can relate to all the diet talk. And of course, when we're releasing this episode, if you're listening to it kind of close to that release date, it's January, National Diet Month. So everyone is talking about their diet and how they're trying to fix themselves. So I am, I guess I just want to commiserate a little bit with you and um, kind of just give you the nod that I, I'm right there with you. And letter writer, I want to say that it's, it's really awesome that you found intuitive eating. If you're new to the podcast or for any reason just haven't heard of that term before, intuitive eating, intuitive eating is a way of experiencing food that rejects diets and helps someone to reconnect to their own ways of eating that just uses their own body, you know, doesn't rely on any kind of external cues, but instead relies on internal regulations to eat. And it was first described by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. They wrote it first in the mid-90s, and now they have a third edition out. And there's three components Um, and they have uh, 10 principles within these three components, but those three components are really important. One of them is the unconditional permission to eat and eat any type of food. And then also to, um, rely on your own kind of hunger and fullness and satiety cues to figure out how much to eat. And then also eating for physical rather than emotional reasons. So, you know, a lot of times when people first hear about intuitive eating, they they often will say, well, that just sounds like common sense. And I would encourage you if you're having that reaction to sit with it a little bit more because intuitive eating may sound simple, but it's not easy. And it takes a lot of courage to bravely walk away from diets and to just rely on the tools God gave you. (laughs) So, um, it can feel like you're going against the world, the the way that society views food when you rely on your own body instead of a diet. And not too long ago, um, I believe it was a, a week or so after the election in the United States, NPR had this kind of ongoing conversation about how to survive political um just conversations, I suppose, for lack of better words, um, over the holidays. And they had this campaign that was hashtag so anyway. And it was cute. They had lots of people call in and talk about things that they could say that would be neat conversation changers. So they didn't have to talk about 
politics over the Thanksgiving turkey. And I loved it because it's one of those things that's very um, simple and I think could be really awesome for someone who is experiencing diet talk and wants to change the subject. So that's one thing that I would note to you, uh, letter writer. You know, I would encourage you to have, you know, an arsenal of mantras that you can use as conversation changers. But as I say that, I mean, as those words are leaving my mouth, I'm like, oh, Julie, you're totally minimizing how important this is. Because I am. You know, it's not like you're having a conversation with um, the the dental hygienist. You know, you're having a conversation with your mother, your sister, people that are really important and are going to be around and you want around. And so how do you actually handle, you know, these common conversations? You know, we eat every single day. Uh, We make at least 200 food decisions every single day. And when we're around people we love, we're also going to need to be talking about food. And so if that person is thinking about food in a way that is really um, harming your kind of healing that you're doing, you know, how do you do that? And so I want to call someone who I think will have some more productive insight and maybe some therapeutic options for you. I'm going to give Barbara Spaniers a call. She's a therapist and letter writer. I think she's going to have some insight that's going to be a lot more productive for you than what I've been able to give you so far. Let's give her a call. Hello. Hi, Barbara. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to help me with a letter. Oh, sure. Uh, did you get a chance to read it? I did. I did. And I, I so feel for this letter writer. Oh, my gosh. This is like everybody's story, isn't it? Once you, it <laughs> once it you start to um, kind of go to the other side, when you start to heal your relate your own relationship with food, it's like, everywhere. You notice it everywhere around you and it can be so triggering. So I feel for this person. Well, I think you're right. Like I, especially if someone's working on their relationship with food and, you know, I feel like when we're doing that work, it's going to feel like we're thinking about food all the time, which is probably the thing we're trying to not do, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. we kind of, we kind of need to. It's, I always kind of relate it to when I remember learning how to type. And I remember like, I would be laying in bed at night and I could picture like typing my name and I would picture the like keyboard, you know, and I (laughs) I learned on a typewriter. So like I remember like Mm -hmm. thinking about home row and I had to think about it all the time. And now, of course, I can just type without thinking about it. I don't even know what letters like where they are. I just my Mm -hmm. body. I just know. And so when we're doing this kind of work, we have to think about food and think about it differently. And so then when these people in our life that are important are there to remind us. I think it's really important for us to have strategies to figure out a way to make it work for us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if someone's listening to this podcast when it's being released, you know, this is being released in January, which is National Dieting Month, right? (laughs) Everyone's talking about their diet this month. So when I read this letter, I thought of you because I know you have training as uh, a marriage and family therapist. And, mm-hmm. you know, she brings up these dynamics with her family and talking about food. So you're the person who I thought would be really helpful. So thank you so much for doing this. And I'm wondering, like, what do you feel like is her, like, what's your impression about what what she's experiencing? Like, w- what's the tough part of this for her? 
Well, the tough part is, I mean, it's always tough when um, you hear a lot of diet talk when you are trying to, to steer yourself away from that. But when you're talking about people that you love, you don't want to just break it off, right? You know, if you hear someone on the street, you can kind of put on your your headphones, you can walk away. But when it's the people you love, and this is how they are talking, which so much of the time, it's not just um, them talking about their diet. It's like, this is the way we do talk in our society. This is bonding. I think especially among women, it's like, you can't get away from it. It's it's like, hello. And the next thing that someone will say is, you know, oh, you look great. Did you lose weight or something like that? So it's, it's so hard to escape it, but it's even harder to escape it when it's coming from people that you don't want to disconnect from. So it's, it's hard to set those boundaries. Um, sometimes it's hard to know where your boundary should be, um, how much of their issue should, you should take on. One of my favorite sayings is not my circus, not my monkeys. Um, <laughs> it's like, if somebody asks you for advice, you still don't have to give it and you don't have to walk away. But, you know, how do you walk that balance between maintaining a relationship and um, keeping your own recovery going um, as well as not alienating other people? Because, you know, a lot most of the time, as annoying as it is when other people are talking about their diet and their January detoxes and all that, most of the time it's not about you and it's not meant to be bad about you in any way. It's about them and it's, you know, they're trying to get something from it. So um, coming from a place of compassion towards those people goes a really long way. I, I've found it for myself and also working with clients. If you if you can kind of stop seeing them as being the enemy in a way, like, oh God, I'm, they're going to talk about their diets and, and start to see them as like, hey, they, they, they just are in a different place than I am. Just even that shift can go a long ways towards not feeling so triggered or so upset when you do hear people talk about um, their diets and their weight loss plans and their detoxing and all of that. Oh, you know, I think, Barbara, that's really important what you said, because um, and I don't think I thought about this when I first read the letter. You know, you said it's not about you. And I know for a lot of people I talk to, whenever they're in a conversation with a loved one or a random stranger and if they bring up that random stranger or the loved one brings up their own diet or exercise routine, sometimes a person can personalize that. Like, oh, maybe they're saying that because I need to do that or I need to eat differently. Um, and so what you're saying is, no, it's about them. <laughs> you know, Don't take it on as your stuff. Um, right. It's about them. I think that's right. so helpful. And um, is in that in itself, I feel like can make it easier than to come from a place of compassion instead of like, you know, putting your dukes up, like ready to fight back, right, you know? Right, right. You know, it, this is going to seem like a weird analogy, but um, my son and I recently started watching the TV show. It's from Netflix and it's called Stranger Things. And um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a small town in Indiana, but it turns out like, kind of beneath the surface, there's a parallel universe. And in the show, it's like really negative and dark, but I started thinking about that. I'm like, you know, when you heal your relationship with food, it is almost like you've gone to a parallel universe that, that people who haven't been there can't even imagine that it's there. They can't see it. They can't touch it. They can't begin to comprehend. So they're going to keep reacting to you the way they know. And so you feel like they're trying to drag you down, but really it's just more like they can't see what you can see. For me, that's a great analogy. Um, it, there have been a couple of clients who've found that really helpful. And and, uh, and that's kind of a little 
insight into the way my brain works. I always yeah, I want to watch that. I haven't I haven't oh, seen yeah. that series, um, but I think that's important. And uh, you know, honestly, I'm taking it in for myself personally because I really related what you said, like how it does feel like um, as someone who is. I'm just not going to participate in diet culture. I'm going to reject it. And I feel like I'm living my life in a different place. And it does. It feels like I'm in this other world, <laughs> you know, like I yeah. a completely different universe at times. Um, so I, I, first of all, I want to watch that, but that also helps just even moving forward. And, you know, so by reading this letter, I'm wondering, like, what do you feel like the first few steps could be for this person to um, do some of the work you're talking about? Well, I think, you know, you put it well when you said to not personalize it. So when someone says something to to you that feels, uh, to this letter writer or whomever is listening, that feels um, challenging to, to stop for a moment and realize, you know, it's probably not about you. It's probably really coming from a place of desire for better health or for happiness, whether that's they're, they're speaking to you or whether they're speaking about their own diet plan. And so to come from there and to learn how to help kind of um, create some new interactions, you know, in, in family therapy, um, I know one of my supervisors would always talk about the dance that we do in families and everybody knows their part, right? <laughs> you know, one person says this and then immediately the next person jumps in and says the line that they always say. And before you know it, it's the same family interaction. So when you step in and you make a different response, you're kind of changing the choreography and people are going to, at first, they're kind of not know what to do, but um, ultimately you can help change those interactions. So um, I do love, I was listening to one of your podcasts, the whole hashtag. So anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, changing the subject, you know, you, you don't have to go along with the line of, of conversation, the way it's going. I mean, you don't have to totally ignore it, but you can shift it in a way that maybe that other person didn't anticipate. So, um, one of the easiest things is um, when someone says something like, oh, God, I feel fat and I need to go on a detox. You know, you can just so simply say, you know what? I just I think you're great no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, just something that mm-hmm. simple. Um, and, you know, that's going to give them a new mirror back to themselves as well. Um, so you're giving something to them that's compassionate and it's loving and it's not engaging in the diet talk. And it's it's also possibly leading them a little bit a ways um, to a new path themselves. Well, and that's so simple like that. It is. It's not overthinking it. It would be easy to have ready, <laughs> you know, because um, it's it's not making it too complicated. So you don't have to have this like dissertation ready of research. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, I love you no matter what, you know, and um, I think it's also affirming that, um, you know, just even the relationship itself can be okay, even if people are on this different, you know, uh, way of living their life, they can still mm-hmm. have a loving relationship, even mm-hmm. if, you know, you're moving away from diet culture and they're still in it. Um, that's really cool. Um, awesome. Well, I'm wondering, um, you know, we have this thing on our show called a food piece syllabus. And if you're mm-hmm. new to the podcast, the food piece syllabus is a collection of blog posts and books and other podcasts that can further enhance someone's relationship with food. And I am wondering, Barbara, if you have something that you would like to add to it. Yeah, I actually have a couple of things. And the first one, on the surface of it, doesn't have anything to do with dieting or weight or body image or anything. And it's called Mistakes Were Made, But Not By Me. I love that title. 
and it's written by two social psychologists, Carol Tavris and Elliot Aronson. And the whole book is about cognitive dissonance, which I remember learning about in my undergraduate studies as a psychology major, but um, they take that concept where, you know, cognitive dissonance is where um, two opposing thoughts can't hold space in one person's mind. And so it creates this tension. Um, but that's what you see a lot as you're, you know, if you're healing your own relationship with food and you're trying to come back to somebody who's dieting and you're trying to give them facts and research as you're learning all this stuff, what you find is they just dig in their heels more. Like the more you try to teach them or educate them, the more they dig in. And that right there is, is cognitive dissonance at work because so much of, you know, our lives get spent taken up by dieting and obsessing about weight loss and all of that. And when someone's presenting you with new information, it's like, ah, I can't, I can't take it in. And if I were to take it in, does that mean I wasted my whole life? You know, so, um, that can help you understand as well, you know, when you're dealing with people and they feel really resistant and you're like, why can't they understand that I'm on a different path? That'll help you understand them a little better. Um, so that helps, you know, prevent some of those, those triggering feelings that you might have. Um, and then the other one that I love, the other resource is called Mindsight, written by a psychiatrist named Daniel Siegel. And it incorporate. He teaches a lot about incorporating and integrating the different parts of your brain over time, your mind, so that you you again start um, tamping down that fear center, the anxiety center that tends to hijack everything else. Um, so you know if you're feeling easily triggered by by friends and family, that sort of you know knee jerk reaction can get quieted down over time through integrating the parts of your your mind so that your um, Again, your your amygdala and all those fear centers don't run rampant over the more rational parts of your mind. You know, and meditation does a lot of the same thing, but he he really describes it and um, explains it and gives some exercise. It's a really beautiful book. Oh, cool. You know, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast um, utilize uh, meditation to help with their relationship mm -hmm. with food. So I think this addition will kind of help us understand what's going on with that a little bit more. So mm -hmm. that's exciting. Those are two new ones that I haven't heard about. I can't oh. wait to look into them. Yeah. So thank you. And that's the perk of having a therapist on our show instead of a dietitian. I think, um, I feel like we're both really important as someone heals a relationship with food, but, um, as a therapist, you're going to have some different resources than we typically hear here. So mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. And, you know, if someone is listening and they want to know more about um, you and your work and maybe have the opportunity to work with you, is there a way they, they can find you? Yes. You can go to my website, which is my name, um, barbaraspangers.com. And I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes because nobody can spell it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I will put that in the show notes for sure, as well as the books that you are the resources you recommended for the food piece syllabus. Yeah, so that'll be really easy. Um, awesome. And um, I will put that website on there so they can connect to you and find out more about your work. And I really appreciate your time. You've been really insightful and given us some more things to think about as we heal our own relationship with food, but yet kind of observe others around us, you know, doing something different. So thank you so much, Barbara. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for, for inviting me to talk. Oh, take care. Thanks. Well, letter writer, I hope the conversation I just had with Barbara gave you some productive and therapeutic options to experiment with. And, you know, there's going to be people that come and go in your life that are important, but 
maybe not so very important that you can just hashtag so anyway and change the conversation. And, you know, throughout the month of January and maybe even beyond, I know myself and many others are going to be um, talking about ways to stay connected throughout National Diet Month um, using the hashtag food peace. So feel free to search in your social media preferences for that kind of conversation. I hope it helps to give you some strength. But also, you know, those people that are near and dear to your heart, those who you are longing for to be in the same place, in the same journey, to um, have a more peaceful relationship with food. I hope that the conversation that I had with Barbara gives you some options to say in a compassionate kind of place, to hold that compassion that you have for your family members so you can continue to stay connected even though you have these differences. So food has written back. Let's hear what food has to say. But before I part, I just want to tell you that I would love to hear how things are going. So please stay connected to us. Let us know and take care. Dear What to Say, you've come a long way. Reconnecting to your own wisdom has aligned you with peace, joy, and life. It is tough to hear our loved ones bonding over rigid rules and grueling workouts. We know you want them to join you in this newfound food peace. Remember, their journey with food is theirs, and any tension is a sign of diet culture. Compassionately, keep on dancing even if not always together. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your Dear Food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.